0: Hi class, welcome back um, to week 11. Today we'll be talking about the week 11 chapter, but I just wanted to make some announcement before we started. Um, next week there will be no chapter, there would be a multiple choice test. So you just need to open your, uh, uh, you know, as usual, at the same time of your class launches. You open it and you write your test. It will be 20 questions, multiple choices, and I will be using the Google Classroom. Let me know if you have any question. Thank you very much. So let's start with the Chapter 11. The test will be covering from Chapter 1 to 11, to whatever we are taking today. So we'll start with Chapter 11 today. So, your test will be on the week 12, which is chapter, up to chapter 11. Now, today we will be talking about the compensation. In the compensation, what we will be doing is basically, we'll be talking about the pay and incentive system. And here, where we do that, we will help the HR manager to answer a few questions. The questions are, how can we tie the compensation to a strategy, to general business strategy? So, how we can tie the compensation strategy to general business strategy? What economics and legal factor should we consider establishing the pay levels for the different jobs? What is the best way to develop pay systems that are understandable, workable, acceptable to all employees at all levels? How can we tie the incentive to individual, to team or organization performance? implementing in implementing a pay per performance system what what key traps must we avoid to make the system work as planned so the four key challenging or challenges in the planning and administrating a pay system is the fact, first we need to understand the economic and the legal factor that determines the pay level. The situation, the economic situation, the jobs, whether it's a high demand, low demand, supplies is available, the the whole economic, we need to understand that. Then we need to tie the compensation strategy to general uh, business strategy and address the key policies issues and develop this systematic pay structure. Now, change in the philo- company philosophies, concerns, pay and benefits. We'll be talking about these changes that is happening. There is an increased willingness we see that to reduce the size of the workforce. So they are cutting down on the workforce and more machineries um we see that outsourced jobs overseas simple jobs at low level um, simple jo- will be outsourced uh, overseas and there is a restrict pay to control the the cost of wages salaries and benefits. They are less concerned with their pay position relative to that of competitors and more concerned with what the company can afford. So they're not, they don't, they're less, they care less about what the competitor is paying. They are more companies are start looking at themselves saying, what can we afford of paying? And implementation, Uh, of programs to encourage uh, and reward performance. There is something to say about this, the less concerned with the pay position relative to the competitors. I had my boss always says, you pay peanuts, you get monkeys. So you wanna make sure that you get a people that you can build on, and have them stay in with your organization. So, if you pay peanuts, which is very low money, you get monkeys usually. Uh, but back to the subject, makes the pay more valuable, that you don't need to reduce the whole pay, you just make the pays more valuable and depend on the certain uh, conditions. Now, um, the, in the organizational reward system, You need to include anything an employee values and desire that an employer is able and willing to offer in exchange of the employee contribution so you want to see that what's the employer employee is willing to employer willing to to pay and or share and with whether it's benefit for the workforce. So you want to put them in the compensation and then the reward and all these things. The compensation can be include both financial and non-financial reward. You need to see the financials in and non-financial reward. These are the two things that can be combined together. Maybe you like to give a salary and, extra health care or a salary and a free trip to Caribbean, whatever, it's a part of the compensation or a promotion also, it's a kind of part of the compensation, which is this non-financial reward. Should provide the following in order to be effective in general, is you have to be sufficient level of reward to fulfill the basic need. You need to really give the person enough so he can survive and make a better of his life because the next things, 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 he will look somewhere else if he has an option. The equity with the external labor market and within the organization. So you want to make sure that the employee that you get is there is equities and not equality, equities is like a, Whatever he deserves we should give to him and you should uh, Compare it with the external market and within the organization itself and the treatment of each member of the organization in terms of his or her Individual need some people likes to see more promotion some people likes to be more salaries Some like to see more compensation Incentive It depend on how they see that now the financial and non-financial components of organization rewards, it could be financial, as we said, when we could be non-financial. In the financials, such as direct payments, like salaries, and indirect payments, like benefit, health benefit, I don't know, the traveling, these are indirect payment. And non-financial um, um, is like a positive employer brand, you love to work for that company, you think it's a good company. Employee involvement in the decision making, effective supervision, recognitions, training opportunities, supportive, things like uh, nurturing and company's culture. These are things that you cannot put dollar sign on them, but the employee is looking for in these things and called the non-financial rewards. Now, the... Dimensions of equity in a pay system. So we say it's not equality, it's equity. There is what you call internal equities. And the question that you need to answer in the term of the relative worth of individual jobs to the organization, are pay rates fair? Are we paying fine to that job position? And then you have the external equities or the wage paid by an organization. Fair in the term of competitive market rates outside the organization. If it's not fair, we'll go back to the same thing. You pay peanuts, you get monkeys. And that's that's something I always remember because you said that 20 years ago. Um, individual equities in each individual is each individual pay fair relatively to that of the other individual doing the same or the similar job. So there is internal equities, there is external equities, and there is individual for each person. Now, the base for determining equitable payment, the common points in theories, employee perceive a fair return for what they contribute to their job. So they see how much they contribute to the job, the employee should see a fair return. If they don't see that, they will cut down on their contributions or uh, probably look for somewhere else. So the employees determined what their equitable return uh, should be after comparing their input and outcomes with those of their peers or coworkers. They see their coworkers, their peers, what they're putting in the work and what they're getting back. And if they see they're not equitable, then they might have a consequences. So, better knowing what you call a social comparison, you compare with others. Employees who perceive themselves to be in an equitable, situation will seek to reduce the equities. So they see if they are in the disadvantaged situation, they will try to, you know, um, seek to make it in the equity level and may mentally dis- distort their input or outcome. So they're putting less in or they produce less or directly alter their inputs or uh, outcomes, or with the intention to do the level, to do that, or leave the organization looking for a different organization. So the viewing the compensation from the strategic perspectives, firm's action is the, in the compensation is recognized as a pivotal, important pivotal control and incentive mechanisms that can be used flexibly to buy management to attain the business objective. So these are is a, another extra tool help the managers to attain their business objective the pay system is made an integral part of the strategy formulation you or don't treat the pay system separate it you can utilize them into how to reach your the strategy your strategy formulation you probably need a high skill person you pay more you need a low skill person you pay less but it helps you it depends on the strategy you want to reach. Pay considerations are integrated into the strategic decision-making process, as we said, such as those that involve in a planning and controlling. So you need a high-skilled person that can produce and very effective. You increase your salary, pay, and you see a good people implying Uh, applying for your job. Firms performance is viewed as the ultimate criterion of the success of a strategic pay decision and operational compensation program. Now, to determine of a pay structure, how are we gonna pay these people? I have employees, I wanna pay them, how I will pay them and at what level? These are issues that we need to take into consideration before we determine what we pay. So we look at the first thing, the labor market condition. Is there lots of conditions? Is there lots of rules and restrictions or loose end? And you know it's a different from a country to another non-country. Whether there is a legislation, a laws governing that. And we don't want to break the laws. Whether there is a collective bargaining or what you call a union which is affect the following key factors The level of wages and the behavior of workers in the relevant uh, labor market So if there is a union which is we see lots of unions In in Canada they are affecting the level of the salary the salary becomes higher uh, and the behavior of working in a relevant market, how that's happening. And what's the managerial attitude toward the uh, employees, toward the pay, should they pay high? And I said, if if you're looking for monkeys, so you pay peanuts. And if you're looking for a good, uh, you know, high skill and because you have a challenging task and job, then you pay better. So it's all the attitude, managerial attitudes, toward the pay, an organization ability to pay. Now once I have, I like to pay my, my employees very well, but can I do it? Do is my organization able to pay? If it's not, then it's not. But traditional job comp- compensation moves to this status. First, you look at the important job characteristic. It, what's the important, why this job is important? and What's task that makes it important for the whole organization? Then look at the compensable factors in it. There are productions, uh, how many units, all these things. You can look at what they can do. Then you do the job evaluation to rate the relative worth of job. So this person, how much uh, this job, who, anyone who owns this job, once you know it's produced a hundred, so you probably will see that it cost, should be costing you, uh, I don't know, from $10 to $50, it depend you relate that. And then you see at what level it is, hierarchies, because these, when somebody is getting promoted, is expecting to get paid better. And the pay surveys to attach pay rates of the job to the job, you do your research, survey how much usually in the market this person gets with this qualification, how much gets paid. And you set up the pay structures to classify the job and grade level. We'll talk about the pay structures and how it's done and how much you put on the sale, for example, as a salary, how much you put compensation, how much you put as other benefits, these are all issues that get into involve in the pay structure, and then the assignment of individual pay within a range for each. So, if you take the individual and says how much percentage of these works he's doing, so this is also affect the salaries. So first thing we do a pur- uh, job description, and the purpose of the job description is to identify um, important characteristic of each job, so that the relative worth of the job can be determined. You will do a job, to, you know, identify the important. Why this job important, and then you see whether it's worth how much you pay. Because if you cannot replace that person, and you're asking for to Uh, a very qualified person, once he moves out to better pay, it's very difficult to bring somebody. So these are very important. So job characteristics, identifying an important job characteristic of each job, help identify, define, and weight the compensable factors. The compensable factors, common job characteristics that an organization is willing to pay, how much is willing to pay, such as to certain for uh, certain skills, or certain effort, certain responsibility and working conditions. And these are the issues that affect the salary. So if you're putting in, um, as I give you an example, if we were willing, we were paying um, fifty dollars an hour. For a entry-level consultant in Kuwait, but when we wanted to move to move the consultant to uh, to Iraq, we start paying hundred dollars an hour to the same person because we know it is it's not a very good condition there. But also we, we were nobody were coming, so we started giving two hundred fifty. Dollars an hour for uh, people, but we divided it in a risk allowance, a pocket allowance, and basic salary of fifty. But we added these, so once we move him back or move her back, he will lo- It will lose all these things except the the core. How much it it worth? So this way we can keep the person also when he moves back. Now, in the job of evaluation. We provide uh, you pr- uh, provide a, a work-related and business-related relation rationale s- to support the decision about the the pay. In other words, uh, you will see this activities or things. How much is work <clears throat> that he has? How much is work-related, and how much is to the business-related? In order to help you to decide how much you should pay this individual. The objective is to rank jobs in the term of their relative worth to the organization so that an equitable rate of pay can be determined for you. Keep in mind, when you're paying somebody its cost and besides that you're paying that amount, you're paying the same amount for probably or some, to the taxation, you're paying um, as income tax, you're also paying for other things like health healthcare or uh, insurance. Uh, so uh, an individual, when you hire, it doesn't cost you only, for example, when you're paying $50, $50. So $50 probably add on 20, 30, $10 here and there for the job. So you need to calculate all these and see, is it worth to hire that person? Will he be producing more than that for the company? The different job evaluation method yield a different rank order of job. So therefore, different pay structure. So there is different way of doing evaluation. Now, whether you're doing a work-related or a business-related, and that will eventually drive your pay structures. And the pay structures is depend on how you evaluate this job. So if you have a work related, is different than business related, it's it's depend on how you look at it. Now, um, there is a rule of thumbs. So jobs of, of same general value should be clustered into the same Great. So there is a certain value for these jobs. You cluster them all in one. It could be, you know, the values a little bit fluctuating, but it's all in one cluster. Or you can do the job that clearly differ in a value be in a different pay grade. The other thing you say, well, this value for this job uh, is more important. He's a night shift security guard which is might run to more risk so you value that more than daytime security guard for example um or you can pay grades from the confirmed reasonable well to pay pattern in a relevant of labor market you check the market and see how much they pay so you pay a reasonable at that amount so these are the rules of the thumb now, the alternative way to pay system based on the job evaluation. So the job evaluation could be market-based pay system, as we said, or competency-based pay system. The market-based pay system is use a direct market price. How much is the market this person is worth? Not this person, this job how much the others is paying for this task. So you want to make sure you are in a uh, competitive level. Then you do a feasible if all job be benchmark. If you can benchmark them, all these jobs. And then when somebody comes in, you see how much he's emitting the benchmark or he's an extra over that. So that's what makes it Yeah, uh, That's one of the ways of the education They, they do it. Is they benchmark certain salaries for certain course, but if somebody comes in who has better qualification, gets paid more. And then you got the competence, uh, competency based pay, which is worker are paid on the basis of their skills, or on their depth of knowledge, both of which are termed competencies. So it's the more he knows the better he gets in such learning environment usually the more worker learn the more they learn uh they earn and so there you see the t is to the workers will take courses to be certified in certain level five higher and higher because they want to get paid more for that also Policies that you need in a pay planning and administration that you need to evaluate um, and you have to have them is the policies in the pay secrecies, um, how secret should be one from one, how much they get paid. You need to look at the level of inflation. If it's very high, then you need to increase their salaries as meeting the inflation. You need to pay com- compressions. You want to make sure, if it's possible, you pay as low as p- possible. And if there is a pay raises, you want to pay uh, on time, they're giving the raises for them. The requirement for effective system in general, you need to, as a program, You need to, it has to be simple, not very complicated, very specific, very attainable and measurable. So these are the issues that you need to take a a look at them before you establish the system. Now, there is other ways where you say why uh, the merit-based system, but we will need to know why the merit-based systems may may fail, the reason for it. They could be the rewards are too small, The merit-based pay fails to match the union pay scales. So, you you know, there is a union pay scales and there is a merit, but the merit fails to do that. The supervisor resists the performance appraisal, so he doesn't appraise the people on time, so they get better paid or lower. Links between the performance and reward is very weak. Some people get, you notice that, although they don't produce a lot, they get paid better, faster. And that might cause people not happy. And the NOD features create some problem why people are getting paid higher, although they're not putting so much effort. But there is a guideline for the effective merit paid system that you need when you need to look at it. it is the fact that if you can establish a high standard of performance, you put a standard benchmarking for the performance, you can and then you develop an accurate performance appraisal system. And then you teach the supervisor how to use these, how to do the appraisals and the feedback. And then you link that reward closely to the performance and use a wide range of increases, uh, different reasons. Now, the performance standards, Usually, it's to provide a relatively objective definition of the job. So you put a performance, and you put a standard for us, indicators, units, and we put a benchmark, and then you count against it. You see how this person is producing against the benchmark, and there is a way of calculating it. And it gives the employee target to shoot it Since it's clear then it could be it gives an employee target to shoot. So if he's producing 10 units extra, he might get a, a better pay. So he knows that and he will do his best to beat that. And it make it easier for a supervisor to assign a work equity. There is another example. So if you have a salesperson and if you asking somebody to earn, to penetrate a new market to sell in a new thing to a new person that might be uh, uh, should be more compensated than a market that repeatedly is done so uh, make it easier for the supervisor it will make him to assign the work and makes it clear Uh, if he's for example if he's a sales supervisor says if you get me a new account you get a better compensation than the old ones instead of performance standards for production work the ideal job should be when it comes to the production be highly repetitive have a short job cycle and produce a career measurable highly repetitive as we said you produce I don't know Um, 10 chocolate a day, so if you make it 12 chocolate a day, big chocolate, then it's the same job, repetitive. And if you make it more the unit, measurable, then you get, you know, a better performance, which is connected to the better pay. Incentive system. Now, you have a union attitudes, and incentive systems set up by a unionized employers are subject to negotiation through collective bargaining. So the union usually represent the employees and they bargain with the employers to get a better salaries and it's subject for the negotiation. Union may wish to, wish to participate in the day-to-day management of the incentive system Also, probably union attitude toward the incentive vary with the types of the incentive offered. So it's all on a negotiation base between you, employer, and the union. Now, in the team incentive, it's appropriate when a job is highly interrelated. So um, provide the opportunity for each team members in and receive a bonus based on the output of the team as a whole. So here is different. You're not looking at the individual, you're looking as a one team. And if this team produce more, you, you create, you look at it as a one unit, and if they produce more, it's more better performance um, than uh, you connected to it. Or maybe they can lower the cost, you also connect to a better payment. So the aim is to increase the productivity and improve the morale for the whole members, every member of one team. And the advantages is that make it possible to reward workers who provide essential service to the line workers and also encourage the cooperation and people are not competing with each each other in the same team, they are helping each other to produce and create the cooperation. It's just like when you do your assignment, when it's in a group, you are helping each other to have a better assignment to get a better mark, something in that sense. Now, the disadvantage, is the competition between teams. Um, you might have your group competing with another group and that's create competitions because you're dividing the whole units to teams and they might competing with each other. Or the inability of a worker to see their individual contribution to the output. And when you're working as a team, sometimes you look at somebody, a weak chain, Uh, the weak thing, a person who cannot create the output. So this is why, for example, when you're working on your assignment, I said that you need to divide the type of the work, not the workload. See who is the strong in something, you give it to him. The top performance who grow dischanted with having to carry free riders. So sometimes within one team, the top performance is not happy with the free riders, people who don't work. It's like you guys, when you're doing your assignment, some of them, they don't respond or they don't work. So you need to, you're not happy with them. Now, the whole thing why I'm giving you a group assignment is to go through these um, activities and tomorrow you will be working as a group, so in organization, so you will have the same thing, same feeling how you gonna manage it. Now there is another organization wide incentive. Now, in this case, when we talked about a group, here what we talk about the whole organization incentive, there's something called a profit sharing. And the profit sharing is used in very advanced companies wherever they calculate end of the year, how much profit they make and they share it with the employees. According to his job level, high how, how many years has been there. IBM does that. Some other companies do that. It's paid out if a firm meets the profitability target. And the reason to use that is to provide a group incentive to increase productivity. So they feel one group and they will produce more productive, produce better. Uh, maybe more cost-effective, maybe more, you know, more productive, put it this way. To provide a retirement income for employees because there's the profit sharing. So he has a share when he retire. He's still going to keep that share. Maybe to institute a flexible reward structure that reflects the company actual economic position. So it shows that how much... The economic situation, are they making a good profit? So, if they're making a good profit, they're getting better paid. And if they're making less profit, they're not getting to enhance employee security and identification with the company. So, he feels he's a member of that company, not an employee and to attract and retain employee more easily. Once you are a profit sharing, say it's like five years you have to work and then you will have a share in the company, you will stick around for five years to get your share. To educate individual about the fact that that underlying business success, what they understand, what makes this company more profitable, so they will be helping in meeting these strategies and goals. Now, the other thing is uh, uh, called gain sharing. So, first one was a profit sharing, and here's the gain sharing. is a result based on the program that links the pay to the performance at facility level. Compromise the following element is the philosophy of cooperation, involvement of the system, and financial bonus. And gain sharing could be working at the group level. Now, the difference between gain sharing versus the profit sharing, and the gain sharing is based on a measure of productivities. And the profit sharing is based on the global uh, pro- uh, profitabilities. So, how much is productive here and how much is a profitable here? And the frequent event, how many times they pay them more frequent. Distributed monthly could be or quarterly every three months, but in the profit sharing might annual measure on uh, yearly uh, or every five years, whatever the annually. And it current distribution plan, but in the profit sharing is could be deferred later on. in the this one might give you cash in after three months, this one will be deferred for a year or five years or whatever. There is other options which is employee stock ownership plan, which is you will own some stock of ownership. And here is you own the company, you not only share the profit. So in in here, you establish for the following reason why you give that to the employees, is as a means of tax favorite, because you will pay less tax because it's divided on the individuals. It depends on the country's uh, rules. It's, it's company finance transfer of ownership from a departing owner to the firm employees. It didn't, so there is not one owner, is multi owners. It's a way of borrowing money relatively inexpensive. And you, when you are uh, have a stock there, it's easy to borrow money and very inexpensive from the company or from outside because you own a stock to and also to fulfill a philosophical belief in employee ownership when you feel that you own part of that company, you do better. And as an additional employees, it looks at as an additional employees' benefit. So in this chapter, what we looked at. We looked at the organizational reward system, how it worked. We worked at, looked at the compensation. We looked at the financial reward, the non-financial reward. We talked about the internal equity. What is the internal equity, external equity, individual equity. We differentiate between all these three. We looked at the balance, the compensable factors, how you pay people. You do, we spoke about how you do a job evaluation before you attach some revenue, some pay to it, and the hierarchy of job worth. And we said that it's nice to have the benchmark, bench job, benchmark job. We talked about the relevant labor market to look outside. We look at the board banding, the market based system, how they do the competencies base pay, we looked at how competent is the individual, so we pay based on all. um We spoke about incentive, the merit system and the annuity problem that we might face. We talked about the profit sharing, the gain sharing and the employee stock ownership plan. So here, what we have done, we've f- finished with uh this part of it so chapter 11 so the next week you will have a test of 20 multiple choices questions i mean it would not be there is a there would be not chapter 12 you just go and open it and write your test so i wish you a good luck and i'll see you next class bye-bye